Uh, again, want to welcome you all and say blessed Lord's Day to each of you and a blessed Mother's Day to our moms who are here with us. And I recognize that as much joy and gratitude as this day brings to some of us, uh, for others, it also brings great pain. Um, and I want you to know that if you're uh, joining us and struggling, um, whether online or in person today, we want, you, we want you to know that we love you, that we're praying for you, that God would strengthen and comfort you. Um, some of you have lost mothers. Um, and this day, while maybe bringing great uh, memories back, also is a painful one. Um, others of relationships that are strained between mothers uh, and daughters. And uh, sometimes this day can bring a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of heartache. Um, and I just pray that God would comfort and strengthen uh, all of us and help us. We've been studying together uh, some of the signs of the Holy Spirit. Um, and specifically, the premise behind these lessons is that when you read the New Testament, the clear indicator as to whether a person is walking by the Spirit or is filled with the Holy Spirit is not primarily the gifts of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit. Um, this is how we know if the Holy Spirit really is dwelling in us. This is how we know if we're really walking by the Spirit, if we're living by the Spirit, if we produce the fruit of God's Spirit. And so the goal of these lessons this year is to help us to learn to walk by the Spirit. Um, we started with love, and we talked about how love is a product of God's Holy Spirit. Um, and really, truly, love is built on two foundational pillars, uh, you might say, which are also listed here as fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, one of those pillars is patience, and the other is kindness. I would argue, I would suggest that really um, every other characteristic of love is an extension of one of these two attributes, patience and kindness. And so today we're going to look at uh, the, this, this fruit of the spirit of patience. Um, and since today's lesson is on patience, uh, I can speak as long as I want without anybody complaining. Um, so, uh, so buckle up. Yeah. No. On a more serious note, I should probably start this lesson with a confession. Of all, of all the fruits of the Spirit uh, in this list, none hits harder for me than the, the fruit of patience. As I look at my life and I look inward, I can see a whole lot of uh, areas and a whole lot of ways in which uh, my life manifests how much I am lacking in patience. What about you? Would you describe yourself as a patient person? What, what would the people closest to you say about whether or not you are a patient person? You know, there's patience in the small things and there's patience in the big things. There's the small things like, uh, how do you do when the bus is running late or the subway just doesn't show up? Um, how do you handle that? Um, how do you handle it when uh, when your friend or your coworker or a fellow student uh, is late giving you the assignment that you need to get it done, uh, to get the work done, um, late late giving you the information that you need to, to finish your work on the job? 
Um, how do you handle it when you're circling the block over and over and over and over again and there's no parking spots to be found? Um, patience in small things. How do you handle it when somebody says something that just really annoys you or is really harsh or critical towards you? There's also patience in the large things, too. And I think we struggle with this, too, don't we? You ever prayed for something for a really long time? And you don't see God answering your prayer? You ever been asking God, uh, how long am I going to have to suffer with this really miserable job while I wait for something better to come along? Uh, how long am I going to have to wait for life to return to normal? For things to get back to the way they used to be um, in better days. How long will I have to wait for my brethren to figure out this issue that they can't get right? Um, how long will I have to put up with this brother continually mistreating me again and again and again? This sister, she just keeps doing these things that persistently bother me, hurt me. How long will I have to suffer through a messy marriage um, and endure frustrations and hardships? Inflicted by my spouse. How long do I have to wait? I've been praying for a spouse. And it seems like God is just ignoring my prayer. Uh, some would pray for a child. Only to have that prayer seemingly ignored by God. Um, maybe you prayed for repentance for somebody that you love. And you've been praying for it. Week after week, month after month, year after year. And you don't see any signs that that prayer is actually being answered. Maybe you've been sick for a long time, suffering great hardships. And you're wondering when it's going to end. Or maybe you're just praying for growth, for spiritual growth. And you've just been praying that God would help you to overcome a sin or to uh, grow in this particular characteristic, to become more like God. And it just seems like. It's just not being answered. Maybe you're in some sort of excruciatingly painful trial right now. And there just seems like there's no deliverance on the horizon. Are you a patient person? Mm. When I think about these things, I think I got a ways to go. So I want to talk with you just briefly about what is patience. I want to talk a little bit about why we need patience so desperately as the people of God. And then uh, I'm going to try to point us to give us some direction as to where we can learn to become patient. How do we grow in it? Um, so let's start with what it is. So this is one of those cool words in scripture where um, you get kind of a word picture. Um, if you look at the original word, so in English, this doesn't work, but in Greek, uh, this word is made up of two Greek words. The first one is macros. You might think of macroeconomics, but the word macro just means long or far away. Think about in the prodigal son, this word macro is used um, to describe uh, when the son finally starts to return home and he's still far off. The father sees him and runs to him. That far off word is the word macro, long, um, far away. Um, and then the second word here for that, that we get patience from, macro, thumia. Thumia or thumos is the word for anger. It's the word for, actually, it's in Galatians 5. Um, it's in verse 20. 
My translation translates it, it's in the deeds of the flesh, outbursts of anger. That's the word, thumia, thumos. Um, so the idea of patience is, think about it this way, anger far away. Anger long ways away. Sometimes the old King James, I think, translates it long suffering. That's the idea. Like you're going to, you, you're, you don't have a quick fuse. You're not quick to ignite. You can endure and, and, and your anger is a long ways off. That's the picture here. Anger that's far away. I think about the way God is described. We sang it in one of the songs over and over again in scripture. God is slow to anger, slow to anger. That's the picture of patience here. Um, think of a long fuse rather than a short temper, a long fuse rather than a short temper. It can get ignited, but it just keeps waiting and waiting and waiting before it explodes. That's the picture that we're getting here in the Bible when the word patience is used. Um, as is often true with the fruit of the spirit, you have these corresponding deeds of the flesh. And at least you have thumos, which is Anger, this wrath, um, is actually a sign that we're not being led by the Spirit, but but that we're giving in to the desires of the flesh. And what we desperately need is God's Spirit to fill us with patience so that we can overcome that anger and that wrath. I do want to say this. Um, patience comes from God's Spirit, but patience is something that we must work with God in order to receive. Patience is a choice, a choice to control your emotions rather than allowing your emotions to control you. Um, it's showing discretion instead of returning evil for evil. Patience is suffering a long, long time. Let me just show you that in Scripture. Look at Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Um, this is one place where this word is used in the New Testament. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Listen to what Paul says. He's speaking here to uh, the Jews um, in Rome who might have been tempted to look at the Gentiles in chapter one uh, on which God's wrath is being poured out and said, look at how wicked those people are. Look at how God's bringing judgment on them. Thank God he's judging these wicked people for all the wickedness. And in, in chapter two in verse one, Paul then turns his attention to the Jew and says, you have no excuse. Every one of you passes judgment for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And we know that judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose this, O oh man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Verse 4, or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance. You see this here? What's the purpose of God's patience? What's the purpose of God's tolerance towards us? What's the purpose of God's kindness towards us? It's meant to lead us to repentance. And I want you to think about this. What is patience? Patience is suffering a long, long time in hopes of bringing repentance. If you don't believe me on that, just look at the verse. That's what God's been doing with each one of us, just like he did with the Jews of old. That's what he's been doing with each one of us, is he's been suffering a long, long time as the gift 
God's patience is a gift that is meant to produce in us repentance. Think about this. This is not new. This is all throughout the Bible. But Peter says it this way, 1 Peter 3 and verse 20. You know, I don't normally think of the story of Noah this way as a story of patience. I normally think of Noah as a story of God's wrath because God sends the ark, but he wipes out the earth. But actually, do you know what Peter says about that? When Peter's commenting on the Noah story in 1 Peter 3 and verse 20, you know what he says? He says, God patiently waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. And I want you to think about that. Have you ever thought about that? How long did it take to build the ark? I don't know if we have a date uh, or, a, or a certain number of days, but I would imagine a boat of that size is not something that was done in a day. Um, probably not something that was done in a month, especially since I don't imagine Noah was getting a whole lot of help. Um, Peter goes on to say, hey, actually only eight people were on the boat who got saved. So with eight workers and half of them are, are women, you know, they, you, you don't know how much how much uh, time's being given to cooking and all the other work that's going on along with that. I mean, how, how long did it take? Uh, could have taken a while. Do you know what God was doing all that time while the ark was being built? He was showing patience. He was giving every other person on earth opportunity to come to repentance. Have you thought about that? God suffers a long, long time. When you read the Genesis story, how long would you have waited? Maybe we would have told Noah, just build a little speedboat, you know, like one of those little, yeah, let's, let's just get this over with and we'll put an end to this. Um, how long would you have waited? God waited a long, long time as a, giving an opportunity for repentance. Listen to what uh, Peter says in his second letter, um, verse 8, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. Listen to what Peter says. Do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Have you ever thought about this? That maybe the reason, you know, oftentimes we're praying, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. Lord, come quickly. Have you ever thought about this? Maybe sometimes the reason God doesn't answer that prayer is because he's being patient toward you and longing for you to come to repentance. You ever thought about that? That maybe God sees something in you and in me that still needs to be worked on, that still needs to be repented of, that still needs to be changed in order for him to return. The Lord is not slow about his promise, but is patient toward you not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God is giving every opportunity for people to be saved. You see that also in Romans chapter 9, second place in Romans, which is our book of the month. If you haven't been reading that, you can get started on it. Uh, Romans chapter 9 and in verse 22, another place where Paul uses that word. Listen to what he says. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. And he did so, why? To make known, verse 23, the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. Have you ever thought about this? God, in the Exodus, allowed the, allowed the Israelites to suffer longer. Why? Well, he gave Pharaoh more time. Why? 
Well, because he was actually using Pharaoh to actually allow people to come to repentance, to come to know the true God. And you remember later on in that story, uh, if you keep reading um, in the book of Joshua, Rahab, were it not for God's patience with Pharaoh that resulted in 10 plagues being dropped on the Egyptians. Think about that. God could have just given one plague. Bam, Egypt's gone. Israel's free, right? God could have done that. Why did he do 10? Well, part of the reason was that through those plagues, the whole world came to know about God, about his power, about his mercy, and about his wrath. And as a result of that, Rahab says, we heard about the Lord. We heard about Yahweh from what he did to the Egyptians. And because of that, she was saved. You thought about this? God is patient. Why? Because he's giving us every opportunity to be saved. So let's talk a little bit then about why do we need patience? Um, because this is not easy. When we talk about learning to be, to be slow to anger, long-fused, this is not something most of us are good at. Um, and actually, I would argue that some of us enjoy being angry. We get some sort of satisfaction out of it. We enjoy like the, the, the being able to have these outbursts. It's, there's a sense in which in a very sick way, it's satisfying to us um, to be impatient, to have these, this wrath boil over um, and just let it all out on other people. So why do we need patience so desperately? Why is it worth it to give up all that wrath and all that anger? Um, well, let me just say this first. Impatience and anger can be very costly. Isn't that true? Yeah. Have you seen anger uh, ruin the lives of people? Yeah. Some people are in prison right now because they didn't learn to be patient. Some people have uh, ruined their marriages because they didn't learn to be patient. Um, some people have lost their closest friends because they didn't learn patience. Uh, impatient people can be insufferable. Uh, pun intended there. Uh, impatience leads us to react in angry and foolish and regrettable ways. And impatience tramples on long-term relationships by reacting to short-term problems. You thought about that? Can you look back and see how you acted in a short-term problem? You acted in such a way that it had a long-term effect on a relationship uh, that meant something to you. Patience, impatience is costly. Uh, I'll remind you that Saul lost a kingdom over his impatience. Do you remember that story in 1 Samuel 13? God told him to, that the priest was supposed to be the one to offer the sacrifice. And because of his impatience, God said, because you didn't, you didn't obey me, 1 Samuel 13, I'm going to take the kingdom away from you. He lost his whole kingdom from his impatience. Um, so first, impatience is costly. But secondly, uh, we need patience because we represent God to the world. And if we are a people who are consistently full of wrath and anger, consistently impatient, what does that say about our God to the world around us? Look with me, if you will, at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3.
I want to start in verse 9, Colossians chapter 3. Um, and now let's start in verse 8. But now you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Do you understand what this passage teaches us that God is doing? Do you understand what this passage is saying about why we have to stop being angry and put off malice and slander and all of this, uh, all of this sin and put on this new self? What is God renewing us into? What is God creating us into? Into the image of the one who created him. Into the image of the one who created him. Have you thought about that? God's trying to make you back into himself. Remember, that's the whole story of the Bible. God created man and woman in his own image. Man sinned and fell short of God's glory or God's image. And what is the whole point of what Jesus is doing, what God is doing through Christ Jesus? It's he's trying to bring us back into his image again. Why? Well, because we are his likeness in the world. We are the image of Christ in the world. We represent God in the world. So what does he say we need to do then? Verse 12, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Do you see that? Why do we need to be patient? One, because God has been so extremely patient with us. But two, also because we are, God is putting us on display and using us as his vessels, as his workmanship to display God to the world. And if everybody looks at, looks at us and they say, hey, oh, those are the Jesus people over there. And then they come hang out with us and they see our short fuse and they see us losing our temper and they see the way we can, we can have these outbursts of anger. They see how, how harsh we can be towards other people, how we can slander people. What will they say? Not just about us. What will they say about our God? When we preach a God who is patient, but people look at us and they see our anger, our wrath, our impatience. They have a hard time hearing what we're preaching because they see what we're practicing. Sometimes what we practice can ruin our opportunity to represent God to the world. You're the image of Christ in this world. That's why we need patience. Let me just share one more thing. Um, why do we need patience? Well, impatience is costly. We represent God to the world. But also Hebrews chapter 6 says we need patience in order to inherit the promises. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 6. And I want to start in verse 12. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 beginning. I'm going to start in verse 11. 
We desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And so, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. Get that? Verse 15. And so, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. Here's what I want you to see. Why do we need patience? We need patience in order to inherit the promises that God has in store for us. We need patience in order to inherit the promises that God has in store for us. Let me just ask you this. How long did Abraham have to wait? in order to inherit the promise that God had given him. I love the fact that the Hebrew writer says here that Abraham waited patiently. Having waited patiently, he obtained the promise. Because when I read the Genesis account, I tend to think Abraham wasn't that patient all the time. Do you remember that part in the story where God had promised him that he was going to have a son? And he said, God, I'm old. I ain't got no son. My wife is old. She ain't got no son. And this this guy over here, Eliezer Damascus, let's just make him my heir, you know? And God said, no, wait a little longer. You see, Abraham patiently waited, but his patience was not perfect. That to me gives me hope. I'm thankful for that story. I'm thankful. And when I read the story of uh, Abraham, uh, sometimes his faith looks anything but like faith, you know? Um, And yet there are glimpses throughout that story also where he demonstrates tremendous faith and patience. And we thank God for his example because he shows he is living proof that impatient people can learn to wait patiently. Do you believe that about God? That God can produce through his spirit patience in you that you haven't had in the past. We need patience, though, to inherit the promises. God has given us these tremendous, tremendous promises that he has said. Precious and magnificent promises is the way that Peter says it in 2 Peter chapter 1. And in order to receive them, we have to be patient. I'll just add to that. In order to be patient, you need faith. You need faith which kind of gets us into how do we grow from it. Um, I'm not going to give you all the answers because I'm not sure I have all the answers, um, how to grow in patience. But there are a few things here that I want us to notice. The first one I want us to see, I'm going to call these prerequisites for patience. Um, And the first one's right here in chapter 6 and verse 12. So that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So catch this, in order to be patient, We need faith. We need faith. What led led Abraham to trust God? That God would actually uh, keep his word. Well, God had already kept his word time and time again. When God told him to go to a nation, where am I going, God? To a a place that I'll show you. Um, Scary, right? But was the Lord with him as he went? Yes. Could Abraham look at his life and see how the Lord had been faithful to him, how the Lord had been with him and provided for him? Yes. 
And that faith taught him patience over time. We need faith in order to be patient. So if you want to work on your patience, you must also be working on your faith. You must also be disciplining yourself to look at the ways in which God has been faithful to you in your life and to look at the ways in which God has been faithful to you throughout history. As the psalmist says, we trust in the Lord and do good and we feed on his faithfulness. What strengthens my faith, the food for my faith, is the faithfulness of God. Which What this means for us is that one of the reasons why we lack patience is because we're not very good at giving thanks to God and recognizing how faithful God has been to us. And if I want to learn to be patient, then I've got to work on my faith and recognize just how faithful God has been to me. All right, secondly, um, in order to uh, be patient, we need love. We need love. Now, this works both ways because in order to love, you need patience. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, love is patient. But it's also true that in order to, uh, to have patience, you need love. Think about this. What led the father in the story of the prodigal son to keep waiting, longing for his son to return so that when he was on that far off distance and the father saw him coming home, he ran to him and embraced him. What was that? that moved him to have that kind of patience for his son. Some of us would have said, forget that son, right? Some of us would have said, Let, let's, get, let's get rid of that guy. He just wasted my whole entire, everything I've worked for all my life. I gave him half of it. He squandered it, ran off, wasted it all. And now he wants to come back. Forget you. You ain't coming here. Try another farm down the street. Um, what led the father to show that kind of extreme patience to his son? It was love. His deep, deep love for his son. And so if we're going to work on our patience, we also have to work on our love. Love is what will fuel us to be patient. Love is what will encourage us to learn patience in relationships and in this world. Well, hopefully by now you know where I'm going. Faith, love, and hope. We need hope in order to be patient. Again, check this out. Uh, patience produces hope, but also hope produces patience. Look at Romans chapter 5, and you see this here in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Listen to what he says, starting in verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exalt in hope of the glory of God. We exalt in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance or patience and perseverance, proven character and proven character hope. Do you see this? Rejoicing in hope of the glory of God is actually what allows us to be able to rejoice even in the midst of suffering. But also, while we're, while we're suffering, that suffering produces patience and perseverance in us, which even strengthens our hope even more, produces hope in us even more. You see, one of the reasons why we lack patience is we lose sight of hope. Have you seen this? If you look at the people that you know who are the most impatient people, the most uh, full of wrath and anger, um, 
I would suggest if you look at those people, they often tend to be the people you know who are also lacking in hope. They're not just lacking in patience, they're lacking in hope. We get impatient because we don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. We don't see any deliverance on the horizon. We think this is never going to end. And so what we've got to learn to do is to look beyond what we can see. To look at the eternity that is ahead of us. We need hope in order to be patient. So those are prerequisites for patience. and we got to work on them. Love, faith, hope. Got to be working on those if we're going to learn to be patient. But maybe the most important question is where... Where do we learn to be patient? We've kind of already answered this, but we learn it from God. If we want to work on patience, if you want to learn to become patient, you got to look at God. And you got to see how God is slow to anger, abundant in love and kindness, patient when wronged. Think about this, for example, just to illustrate this. Remember what Moses said? In Deuteronomy 29, he summoned all Israel together. And this is what he said to them. He said, you have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt. The great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and those great wonders. But to this day, the Lord has has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. I've led you 40 years in the wilderness and your clothes have not worn out on you. And your sandals have not worn off your feet. Now, that's only part of the story. Moses isn't reciting all of it. He didn't tell them about all the times that they complained to God, all the times that they cursed God, all the times that they turned their back on God right after God had delivered them out of slavery. He didn't talk about all their ingratitude, their lack of giving thanks those 40 years in the wilderness. He just talks about what God did. You know, all that time while you were complaining and all that time where you were being selfish and all that time where you were mad at God and frustrated at God for delivering you out of slavery. All that time, God was making sure your shoes wouldn't wear out. God was making sure your clothes didn't didn't tear. Making sure you were provided for for 40 long years in the wilderness. Is God patient? Yes, he's patient. Think about this too. Is God patient? Look at Paul. The one who wrote this, Galatians 5, Romans. Paul wrote this. You remember what Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 and 16? He said this. It's a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. Yet for this reason, I found mercy so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. I want you to think about Paul's life with me for a second. In the early church, remember in the book of Acts? We didn't know him as Paul there. We knew him as Saul, Saul of Tarsus. What was he doing? What kind of a life did he live? You know, the first Christian that got murdered, you know who was holding the coats of the murderers? Saul of Tarsus. The first great persecution 
against God's people, against Christians. You know who led it? Saul of Tarsus. I want you to think about this. When the early Christians were praying for deliverance, who would they have been praying for God to judge? For God to punish? And if you think that people didn't pray like that, read Revelation chapter 6 and verse 9. Do you remember what the saints were praying in Revelation 6 uh, and verse 10? Sorry. They cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? What are they praying? How long, God, are you going to let us keep suffering and dying and you're not going to punish all these evildoers? Is God patient? What if God had answered that prayer? What if God had... Avenged their blood. What would have become of Saul of Tarsus? Why did God not answer that prayer? All right, think about this, because some of you guys have prayed prayers long. You've long been praying prayers, and God hasn't answered them the way you want. So think about this. Why did God not answer that prayer? Did they understand why God wasn't answering their prayer? No, that's why they're crying out. How long, God, do we have to keep praying for this, and you're not doing anything? But why did God not answer their prayer? Well, because he has perfect patience. And had he not been patient, Saul of Tarsus would have never been saved. You want to know one of the reasons why God calls us to learn to be patient? Is through our patience, we can participate in God's process of saving other souls. If you don't believe me, go back and read Acts chapter 7. Do you remember what? Stephen prayed while they were throwing stones at his head. And just for a second, before we get there, what would you have prayed if they were throwing stones at your head and you knew they were about to kill you? What would you pray? Lord, hold this sin against them. Let, the, let my blood be on their head. Let them suffer and die the death that they deserve after this wicked. Remember what? Remember what? Stephen was praying, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Like, like Jesus of old, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Amen. Do you know that God actually answered that prayer? One of those people who was there that day, the Lord did not hold that sin against them. And through his perfect patience, he saved Saul of Tarsus and used Saul of Tarsus to bring salvation to the world. To preach the gospel to the, the gospel of salvation to the world because God was perfectly patient. We have an opportunity to know him and to be saved. Where do we learn it? We learn it from God. And if I want to learn to become a little bit more closer to that perfect kind of patience, I got to look at how patient the Lord has been with me. Uh, let's end with one last text. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. We'll end with this story. This is the first time in the New Testament um, where these word, the words patience come up. And it's in a story. I want to I tell you the story. I just want to read the story because uh, some of you may not know the story. Some of you may be very familiar, but nonetheless, this is helpful. So this is a story in Matthew 18, beginning of verse 21, when Peter comes to Jesus and he says, how often shall I 
forgive my brother. How often can he keep coming against me, sinning against me, and I should forgive him? Up to seven times? And this is what Jesus said. I don't say up to seven times, but to 70 times seven. All right. And then he tells him a story. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children that he had and repayment to be made. Verse 26. So the slave fell to the ground, prostrated himself before him, saying, have patience with me. Have patience with me and I will repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and he found one of his, one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. That's a hundred days wages. And he seized him and began to choke him saying, pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him saying, have patience with me and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and he went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and they came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. And then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave. I forgave all your debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly father will also do the same to you, Jesus said, if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. You see the point of the parable? See the point of the story? Has God been extreme in his patience toward us? A debt far greater than 10,000 talents. If you find yourself impatient, you find yourself quick to anger, you find yourself struggling with wrath, slander, let me suggest that it's because, in part at least, it's because you're so focused on the few pennies that your brother or your friend or your neighbor or your enemy owes you that you've forgotten you've missed the millions that you owe the Lord. If we want to learn to be patient, we got to take our eyes off of ourselves. See, anger at the root of it, sinful anger, says this, I deserve this. You owe me. I need this. You didn't give me what, I, what you owe me and what I deserve. At the root of that sinful anger is inherently selfish. And so the cure for that anger is to look at just how utterly unselfish God has been towards us. Amen. How when we pled with him and we turned to him in our time of desperate need, when there was an astronomical debt that we could never, ever repay because of our sin. God looked at us and he said, I'll be patient with you. I'll extend my mercy to you. So go take that mercy and take that patience and use it to bless others. May God help us to be patient. Father, thank you so much for our time together in your word. Thank you for the power uh, through the Holy Spirit 
that we have to be able to, to learn to be patient. Father, forgive us as we look at you and we see your perfect patience demonstrated throughout the scriptures and throughout the history of our individual lives. Our lives are a testimony of your perfect patience. Forgive us, Father, for we are not like you. We are quick to judge, quick to condemn, quick to take out our wrath on others who have hurt us in far less serious ways than we've hurt you. Please, O oh Father, forgive us for our sins, forgive us for our wrath, forgive us for the deeds of the flesh, and purify our hearts. Cleanse us by the blood of Jesus. We thank you, God, for your perfect patience. And may we become examples to the world. May we become, become representatives to the world of your perfect patience working in us. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.